0: about the greatest commandment. He replied with the Shema, but he added to it from Leviticus 19.18. If you'll repeat after me, we'll add to the Shema as well. This is what Jesus said, love your neighbor as yourself. Would you repeat it? Love your neighbor as yourself. And the word of God to the Galatians and to us today uh, from Paul, carry one another's burdens and in so doing you will fulfill the law of Christ. If any of you thinks you are something when you are nothing, you deceive yourselves. Each of you should test your own actions. Then you can take pride in yourself without comparing yourself to somebody else, for each of you should carry your own load. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Be seated, please. Did you notice this week that Nebraska had to make an adjustment in their safe haven law? They had a a baby Moses law of sorts where it would be safe in the first 30 days of a child's life. uh, to, If you could not care for the child, you could take the child into the fire station. But that wasn't apparently spelled out specifically enough. And so, as you may know, in Nebraska, there were cases of teenagers up to 17 years old being brought to the fire station and dropped off. Not exactly what the law intended. Now, those of us who have been teenagers and had teenagers may understand what the people are doing, but that was not obviously the intent. Now, the similar thing happened with the law in the days of Jesus. The law was called the royal law. Or it was called uh, the law of Christ, and this law was Leviticus 19:18, "Love your neighbors, yourself." And apparently, this law was sort of open to being stretched as well, and and so sometimes uh, people of faith found themselves uh, with this law being applied to them in ways that perhaps stretched them uh, in directions that the law never intended. And this still happens today. I'll give you an example. A few weeks ago, phone rings at the church. It's somebody uh, who's in need, and they identify themselves in need. So uh, we say, how can we help? And they said, well, I just moved to town. Don't have much money, but I do have a job. And I was wondering if you could bring to me at my job a double meat hamburger. And so patiently, the voice on the other end of the phone explained that's not the way our Hope Center operated, uh, that he would need to come in and we could give him non-perishable items that would would hold him uh, for quite some time and we could help him until his paycheck came through. He said, you don't understand. I told you I was at work. I can't leave work. Will you bring me a double meat hamburger? And again, we said, "Well, no, we're not really set up to do that, but if you'll come in. We can give you groceries that will extend you and, and help you for a while, and he said, "Look, I don't eat anything but meat. Will you bring me a hamburger or not? Well, if you've got somebody sitting next to you, turn to them and tell you whether we should tell uh, your neighbor whether we should have brought him a hamburger. What do you think? Go ahead. Just turn to somebody should we've done it or not? Is this what the royal law intends? How many of you think we should have delivered the hamburger? A few? Well, I hate to disappoint those few. We decided and elected not to. We felt like this might be stretching the royal law beyond what's intended. I think Jesus knew that that was possible. Uh, Jesus told the story about a good Samaritan. A guy's beaten up by the side of the road. The, the Samaritan helps him, bandages up his womb, takes him to an inn, and leaves him there. Leaves some money with the innkeeper and says, Look, if, if you need any more money to take care of him, uh, I'll come back and pay you. And the man goes on about his life, what he's been called to do. He assumes that this man who's been beaten will also recover and go on with what he's been asked to do. Notice that the good Samaritan doesn't stay for however long it takes for this man to recover. He just leaves him where he can be cared for. He doesn't let the man move in with him and stay permanently or say, here's all the money I have, every possession I have on the planet, take it. He says none of those things. As John Ortberg Riley observes... This man is a good Samaritan, not a great Samaritan. He's got some limits. Jesus, I think, knew there was an intent of the royal law and maybe it could be stretched by people. And I think Paul knew the same thing. Paul said, look, each of you should carry one another's burdens, just as Janet taught the children to help each other. But each person at the same time should carry their own load. This is a word picture in the Greek. And burden, the picture, word picture for burden is like a giant boulder. And if you get hit by a giant boulder, you're in bad shape. Or if you have a giant boulder on your path, you're in bad shape. You need help. And burdens are that. We need help to, to get to a point where we can resume our normal life. But a load is a word picture in Greek for a backpack or a knapsack. It's something a soldier carries. It's, it's what they're required to carry on the daily marches. It, it has what they need for that day. It has the supplies they need. Uh, they carry it so they can go forward in life and do their job. And so when people run into boulders or get hit by boulders, we help them. But when it comes to just putting on their own backpack for something they ought to be doing for themselves, which is best for, to do for themselves, says Paul, we leave them to do it for themselves. It's an interesting uh, situation, at least to me, because uh, perhaps like you, I get all sorts of opportunities to help people. And as Gerald Sitzer says in his wonderful book, Love One Another, we often don't have the option of whether to give time, energy, or money to people in need. I mean, when there's a a need that's a boulder in front of us, we just ought to help. He said, but as the situation continues, we will have an option and a choice as to how much money, how much time, how much energy should we give? Those are always difficult calls. There's always a law, the royal law, in front of us, and it's just hard to know how far that law stretches. So let me just make a few observations to people who, like myself, I think you're going to face opportunities to help. The first one is this. Remember that everyone, including yourself, is born with limits. Put it another way, you can't do everything. All of us have limits. Adam and Eve were placed in the Garden of Eden with limits. You can have any tree, they said, except this one. God pointed out they were born with limits. Jesus, in his humanity on this planet, observed limits. Jesus ate. Jesus slept. Jesus went away from the crowds to to, uh, get time and space for himself. He observed some limits. All of us have limits. Now, the limits may vary from person to person. You know, after our service, you can go into the Christian Life Center, and there you can uh, help wrap a a toy for a, a needy family, and that will be greatly appreciated. But we didn't set up the basketball goal because we didn't want to dissuade you from your job there. But if we had the basketball goal in there and we set it on 10 feet, I assure you I would not be able to dunk it. That's just one of my limitations. If Kobe Bryant were visiting today, he could go in there and dunk it. But if I hung the basketball goal from the speakers up at the top of the sanctuary, even Kobe Bryant could not dunk it. Our limitations may vary, but we all have limitations. none of us can do everything. Second thing i 'd remind you is just what Janet taught the children, and that is that God created us in such a way that we ought to work together to carry somebody else 's burden. If they're a victim of an accident, perhaps one of us can cook them meals, another of us can drive them places they can 't drive on their own. perhaps a third of them third of another part of us might sit with them or, or sit with their children to give them a respite. It takes all of us, because none of us has every gift, it takes all of us putting our gifts together to care for people. Another thing I would remind you is occasionally it might be appropriate to say no. Just as whether it's appropriate or not, we told the man on the other end of the phone, no, we won't deliver. Uh, Sometimes, Gerald Sitzer says, the most obedient thing you can do to God is to say, no, I I won't help in this way this has passed from a burden to a load from a boulder to a backpack and i won't carry the backpack that god intended for you to carry sometimes that's possible now how do we know one of the ways i recognize in my own spirit is when i'm helping someone or involved in a situation when does that helping move me to anger when am i now angry with the person that i'm supposed to be loving and helping when am i angry with myself because i continue to help this person And sometimes that is a guide for me that, you know, we're moving from burden to load here. He's probably bandaged up well enough that he can get back and leave the inn and move on with the life that God intends for him. I rarely let my guilt speak to me in those kinds of situations because I find that most of the times God does not operate and motivate in life through guilt. I do. My mother did. But God doesn't. We operate out of higher motivations. But if I find that I'm really getting frustrated, it may indicate to me that we're passing that boundary line from boulder to rock, from big burden to backpack. But I would also tell you that you recognize that when doing something for somebody else is now hurting them. You're taking them away from where God needs for them to be or to grow sometimes people have to struggle a bit to gain the strength that they need to live their life and if we carry everything and do everything for them they won't be able to function the way god intended you all may remember the story of the eight-year-old boy that thought he would help out the butterfly who was beginning to try to break free of his cocoon the boy thought he could help so he just took out his little pocket knife and and cut open the cocoon to free the butterfly of course, the butterfly had not developed the requisite strength yet by struggling the cocoon to be able to fly and to thrive, and the butterfly soon died there on the ground. Sometimes we help people in a way that hurts them. When that is the situation, it's appropriate to say, not this time. But the main thing that you need to know is most always the answer will be yes. Most always when we run across people and they're in A burden, the answer that we give is yes, we can help. We can't do everything, but we can do something, and we will try. Occasionally it's no, but most of the time it's yes. And so this morning and this whole week of Thanksgiving is set up with opportunities for you to say yes. You can say yes at the close of the service by going in helping wrap wrap a package. You can say yes by going with your children back to the Sunday school room and you can prepare um, a packet for Operation Christmas Child. You can say yes this afternoon if you can drive at 3 o'clock. We're going to start taking some of these bags over to the Frank Garrett Center and begin to make the preparation for the meals that will be served both Monday and Tuesday of this week. There are ways to begin to say yes. Now, you won't be able to do everything, but you'll be able to do something. There's a lot of need and pain in this world, and I understand that. I see a lot of it. But I would remind you of an analogy that's been very helpful to me in life. It comes from John Ortberg. He said, imagine the seminar room was filled with all the food that I would eat for the rest of my life from today forward. And so there was uh, the chips and salsa And there was the hamburger and there was the occasional Twinkie and and there was the breakfast taco and there was the salads and everything just piled to the ceiling of what I would eat for the rest of my life. I would walk in there, come close to throwing up and turn around and walk out and say, there's no way. I could never eat that. But I will, won't I? And how will I do it? One bite at a time. The service this morning. This week, this life is set up for us today to begin to take our first or second or fifth bite out of helping those in need. There will be times occasionally when we'll need to say no, but this week we have the opportunity to say yes.